This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. The galaxies we hear, Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. We are in the fourth season, and it just doesn't get old, Brianne, that I can say we're in the fourth season. It's hard to believe. Um, This season, we are still situated um, firmly in belonging, and we are exploring relationships, all kinds of relationships, friends, family, students, colleagues, community members, people you bump into in the grocery store, whatever that relationship looks like. And Brianne and I are thrilled to welcome Katie Boucher to the show. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Katie. Thank you so much for being here today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Of course. So by way of introduction, Katie is the founding director of the Accord School, a caring, connected learning community where middle schoolers are seen, understood, and valued for who they are. Prior to the Accord School, Katie spent a decade leading Skills for Living, a social education center that inspired many professionals across the country to change the way social skills are taught. She's a certified school counselor and began her career in the Norwell Public Schools, which is in Massachusetts. At school, Katie can usually be found teaching social classes, helping a student through a tricky moment, or coming up with a scheme for fun with a group of kids. Her favorite classroom is the school van because it has endless potential for adventures. Katie received her undergraduate degree in education and psychology from Stonehill College and her master's in counseling from Southern Connecticut State University. Katie is also a mom of two teenagers, Tyler and Jenny. So again, Katie... We're just so thrilled to have you here. And I have to say, like, the audience should recognize right away. We love Katie because she teaches our middle school kids. And we know how much angst and possibility floats around those middle school kids. I wouldn't I would honestly, Katie, I would never go back to middle school. You couldn't pay me enough money. (laughs) I always used to say that when people when I was in I remember in college and graduate school, people would ask me what age do I want to work with? And I used to say anything except middle school. I thought that if I ever wound up in hell, I would be a middle school substitute <laughs> teacher um, just for eternity. Yeah. I really didn't see it for myself. And I think that either I kind of like dared the universe to bring mm-hmm. it to me, or I just kind of stumbled upon it and it's the best yeah. because everybody expects everybody in middle school to be the right amount of crazy. Mm. So you don't have to polish it up. We're all just doing our best. The kids, the the teachers, we're all just kind of in the mix together. Mm. 
I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I'm grateful. I know a few other middle school leaders and educators like yourselves, and I'm just so grateful that people like you and those folks are in that space because our kids need that kind of human being around them. So I'm grateful. (laughs) I'm grateful to get to do it. We just can't take ourselves too seriously because otherwise these kids will take us down right to the bottom (laughs) peg. They keep you very, very humble. And a lot of the kids that I work with are um, just working on social skills too. So they just keep it extra real. (laughs) That's awesome. So good. All right. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Katie, I also am a mom of two teenagers. So I have like a little you know, moment there when we heard that part of your bio. So that's an adventure in and of itself, probably, probably episode worthy. Um, Oh, it is. And, and, you know, like I have, I'm really lucky. I really like my kids. I know we have to love them. I really like them, Mm -hmm. but there are days that I'm like, really? Like, do we have to be that like much? (laughs) And I think that the answer is yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, (laughs) they do. So we love to check in with our guests before we get to the, to the questions. So our Mm -hmm. first one is the softball. It's really just, how are you? How's your family? How are things? Well, I am good. And actually I'm just closing this door right now because I have a hydroponic garden in my kitchen and it sounds like the toilet's running. So that's better now. Um, Asked how I was and how I was feeling for a second. There was embarrassed. Um, I am good because I have a four day weekend right now and Mm -hmm. I absolutely love my job. I, I, it's a job I created for myself really, but, um, Sometimes the jobs we love the most can also, we give them the most. And I feel pretty tired today if I'm being super honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes parents, when they bring their kids to accord school, will say, wow, what's with the four-day weekend in October? And I say, "Um, you'll see. Mm -hmm. I think it's because we really pour ourselves into our work right from the get-go. And um, we get pretty, we kind of leave it all on the field in the Mm -hmm. first few weeks. So I'm, I'm a little drained. And I also am a person right now who has given myself an unreasonable to-do list for the long weekend. Like I'm uh, so right now I'm going to paint a fence and update my chicken coop. I think I'm going to switch out all the closets and remove four air conditioners. And today I didn't do that. Today I watched every episode of Abbott Elementary. Awesome. That, <laughs> yeah. So I, does that answer the question? How am I? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I think it answers it beautifully. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah I think really good. <laughs> yeah. Sounds and like now you- my golden doodles trying to get in. So it's going to be a little up and down for a second here, friends. Okay. It's just all, come in. Girl. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. This is how we roll on. Tell me this. We up and down. We, we have dogs that enter and leave. So it's all good. So I cool. would love, and one of the reasons when Brianne and I were putting this guest list together, invited you on is because I really you know, appreciate your perspective as an educator, as a, a human being that I've I've come to really enjoy and appreciate having in my life. And so when you think about that word belonging, right, because mm-hmm. that's really what this podcast is all about. What do you think about? Like, well, how, what is your understanding of that, that word, that idea? I, I think it matters more than anything mm. for um, whether I'm thinking about my middle school kids, my own kids and my family myself, just in a group, Mm -hmm. um, belonging means that you feel okay where you are in your own skin, in your own brain, um, in your complete body. It doesn't always mean that everything is easy and accepted. It definitely doesn't mean that things are comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, but belonging means that that's all okay, Mm -hmm. no matter what. Um, it's probably the most important thing at our school because, um, we are only a school of 27 kids in grades six through eight. And 
I, I, you know, sometimes I joke that, you know, nobody dreams from a, a young early age of sending their child to a cord school in an industrial park in Norwell. You know, that's not like what people daydream about. Usually there's a reason mm -hmm. that somebody chooses our school for their kids. And a lot of times it's that they have really not felt like they belonged somewhere, whether it's um, that they needed an extra minute to catch up academically, or maybe they just couldn't really click with their peers in elementary school, or um, they just need something smaller to feel like they belong. Um, it's, it's everything. You can't learn until you belong. You can't rest until you belong. You can't really breathe until you know that you are, you are part of where you are. You are okay. You are in yourself. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize the school was so small. I knew it was smaller, yeah. but I didn't realize it was mm -hmm. so small. So I, I'm hearing conditions of belonging, the critical nature of belonging. So if if caregivers come to you and they're talking about mm -hmm. sending their child to your school and mm -hmm. so, and you start using that word belonging, right? Mm -hmm. How do you like can you I'm 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 really I care a lot about language, right? Like we have mm -hmm. to be able to tell each other what a word means in order to really ground yeah. a conversation. And so how do you approach that? And, and then I'll be honest, I know a lot of parents either don't know the word belonging, aren't sure what that means. So how do you articulate that idea? Is it is it as, as simple as, you know, you can be yourself, you're comfortable in your own skin, like, do you, or do you, what kind of words do you use, I guess? I think it means we're glad you're here. Like when you come in in the morning, even if somebody, even if somebody had a problem the day before, we're still glad you're here. We're whole when you're here. When somebody is out sick or when somebody graduates and leaves, we feel the loss of that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when somebody is new coming in, we, um, we recognize them as part of us. We're so happy you're here. We're better than we were yesterday now. So I, I think that that's kind of how I see it. We we aren't us without you. Hmm. I love that. Glad you're here. Yeah. Lots of people talk about belonging and they've used all different sorts of language. And I'm not sure anyone has said mm -hmm. it in that sort of way, which I really love. Glad you're here. I don't know, Brian. what do you think? Oh, I love it. I just, I wrote it all down. Um, <laughs> you know what I was thinking really thinking about language is the emphasis that we put on different words in a sentence. So if, if mm -hmm. the phrase is, we're glad you're here, like the your part is just what came to me. We're so glad that you you're are here, here. Yes. like you. And that's you. what came yep. to my mind even before you went on to say, we're whole when you're here. We feel the loss when you're not. We're better today than yesterday when, you mm -hmm. know, when you join us. I mean, that's pretty powerful language right there. So what does I, I, that really yeah. mean? You know, and every you matters. Um, I, I can't think of um, our school without every single personality. Everybody is um, different. And I feel like a lot of times people try to put me in a corner and say, who is your school for? What does the Accord mm. School do? And sometimes I feel like the question behind the question for that is like, I, I air quotes, what's wrong with the kids you serve? And I'm like, wow, nothing. <laughs> you know, th like, thanks for asking me that kind of rude hidden question right away. Nothing, just everybody's. Mm very different. Um, but to answer my own question, what kinds of kids, everybody's different. And that's what makes things belong. Um, I, I've got kids that are 
spicy, <laughs> kids that are uh, that are fun, kids that are sweet, um, all different kinds of personalities, and we need every single one of them. Hmm. Too boring. Can otherwise. you describe the relationship? <laughs> Can you describe <laughs> the relationship among those? kids who are so different from one another and maybe with the faculty, like what, how does the dynamic work since everybody's, if difference is what's sort of the uniting factor? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, everybody knows that life isn't supposed to be perfect at a court school. I think that, um, I, we don't really have any kid who, um, has just grown up through elementary school and everything's come super easy. Um, for them athletically or academically even. Um, everybody has things that they shine at and everybody has actually multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just last week talking about Howard Go- uh, Howard Gardner's multiple intelligences mm-hmm. and that all of them bring three, if not four of those to our school. So they're very, very authentic. And um, But so a lot of our kids though, they might not have the intelligences that make it easy to get through a traditional school. So they all understand what it is to work hard or or to have to work a little bit differently to uh, make things, to make things work (laughs) in school. Um, So they, there's a lot of room for, um, for tricky moments. So I'm, I'm thinking to a day that a new student came last year and the child was just having a really, really uncomfortable entry. Um, and was crying and was upset um, about something that probably most kids would uh, deem relatively small. And one of the students who was in their third year said, um, no, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. That's just their thing. They just need to cry it out. They'll be okay. They'll see that we're all right. Um, so there's that kind of acceptance for mm. each other. There's a, there's a lot of forgiveness for mm. difficult and tricky moments, but there's also a lot of calling out. Um, like literally and figuratively, you know, like a lot of, we have a lot of learners mm. who are working on like just so much excitement about whatever we're talking about that they just can't keep it in. Mm. Um, but I think that there's such a respect for one another. They recognize each other as people who have had to work hard and they'll say like, don't do that. You're better than that. You know, you're a better friend than that. Mm. Um, so it's, it's tricky because I, I, Sometimes when I'm talking about our school, I get so proud of the kids that it almost can come out of my mouth sounding like a utopia. It's not, you know, we're clumsy and clunky like any middle school, but I do think there's a lot more grace for Mm -hmm. slippery moments amongst our students than in a traditional middle school. Katie, how critical do you think belonging is to those relationships and other relationships? I I hear it in what you're saying, but I'm curious as to what you would share. Uh, well, I think it's everything. I think that they know, um, I always stop short of calling our school a family because it's not, it's a school. Um, and the kids are not like siblings, but they kind of are like cousins in a weird way <laughs> that they, and they know each other very well. They enjoy each other. They know each other's weak spots. So when you want to press a button, it's right there blinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, there's a space for everybody. And I think that that's what belonging is. There's a space for everybody at our gigantic lunch table outside. There is a space for everybody in the Legos. There's a space for everybody in the art room. There's nobody, um, nobody is left out. Uh, They are still kids that when they do get together on the weekend, they invite like all the girls, all the boys, all the everybody's. (laughs) um, People are inclusive because I think a lot of people understand what it's like not to be included or to watch other people not be included. That's just almost as painful. Mm. 
So you, this is going to sound like a silly question, but I do mm. mean it with some sincerity. You said mm. they're not siblings. They're more like cousins. Mm. Can you discern what you think that difference is? Like, what's the difference between a connection that's more of a sibling? I'm just curious that you, you, I feel like mm-hmm. you're very intentional about the words you use. So like, can you mm-hmm. unpack that a little bit? I think that you are always happy to see your cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and sometimes <laughs> your siblings are just a little bit, a little bit more present <laughs> in a way that, um, and kids, you know, kids, I've known a lot of kids who have great relationships with their siblings and a lot who have kind of heartbreaking yeah. conflict with their mm-hmm. siblings that I just, that blows my mind. Yeah. Um, but everybody always talks about how excited they are to see their cousins at totally. the holidays. Um, and that's, I think that that's what we're going for, you mm-hmm. know, like it, you, you might have a conflict with your cousins, but you also have really great memories and shared experiences. Mm. And so it's, we're looking for that kind of a connection where you appreciate one another, but you're not worn out sick of each other. And it's a fine (laughs) balance to strike because when you have only 27 kids in your school, it's the potential to be worn out on each other is really high. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, cause I can see my own kids, um, just recently they were high-fiving when they heard they were going to go see their cousins. And I don't know that they yeah. would do that if they heard they were seeing each other. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I even That's see fantastic. it in our alumni, like the kids yeah. who've come through the school every year, we have a picnic in the fall and they come back and they're just so darn happy to see each other. Yeah. That's right. Really and cool. it's, it's just a different kind of, but it's a different kind of joy. Cause it's yeah. like, a, I know you and you know me and yeah. we were, we were young in the hard years together. Yeah, that's very cool. Oh, I have so many questions that are bubbling up and I'm trying to decide where to go. Um, <laughs> so clear, I would imagine, I don't want to impose any assumptions on your mm-hmm. students and your school, but I would suspect that several of the kids, the the families, the caregivers do not show up necessarily with a lens of belonging as you're articulating it. Mm-hmm. And so, and even in your bio, you talked about how you've taught, you know, social skills. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, like, how does it start to show up in, can you just sort of talk about what that process looks like? And sort of, in particular, I'm really interested in how do you as a leader, educator, caring person, can you say, ah, they're, they're getting it. Like, what are the sort of markers for that sort of work? If that makes sense. Yeah, I think it, I think it's all about shared experience. So uh, our school also, we, I do still teach social skills at night. It's sort of an extension program and I've done that for a long time. Um, but I think that when I say, oh, I teach social skills, that kind of like gives people <laughs> a picture in their mind of what it looks like. And I've, I've, um, it's probably not, it's probably the opposite really. Mm. Um, I think that traditionally social skills have been taught or anything SEL and social and emotional has been seen as sort of a clinical process process. Um, and we've really just kind of turned it in the other direction. So, um, the kids that I work with in their social groups at night too, we really try to make the whole experience feel a lot more like a youth group, a lot mm-hmm. more like an activity. Um, mm-hmm. there is a short lesson, but there's also, um, a lot of shared playtime. We, every six weeks we go on an outing together. Sometimes I have to teach them the word outing. I'm like, no, I'm not letting that go. I'm old school. Okay. It's an outing if it's in the school van. <laughs> um, 
but that is shared experience. And mm-hmm. then that way it's like, remember that time we went to get the ice cream? Remember that time he ate it in one bite? I was like, yeah, I felt so embarrassed. They're like, Haiti was so awkward. Or remember the time that we went and the lady at Dairy Queen said we had the best manners of any kids ever. And I was like, yeah, that did really make me very proud. And belonging means that you belong to that experience. Mm-hmm. You belong to that group together. Um, it's on uh, Friday nights, once a month, we, I open the school for the kids from the social groups and from our, um, our school. And I see the Accord School Day students really show up as belonging to each other mm-hmm. in that night and belonging to the school. They'll open the art room and show a younger student who they haven't met yet where the materials are that they need. They take such ownership of their school. They look out for one another. They're bringing kids pizza. Mm-hmm. Belonging, I think it, it's being secure enough in your space and with your people that you can welcome other people into there. It, there's no scarcity. Yeah. We have room for more people and we mm. always have enough pizza. Just ask Vinny at Papa Gino's. <laughs> he hooks <laughs> us up. That's awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> in a couple of the episodes we've had with other educators, leaders, caregivers, we've talked about, and some have articulated this idea of belonging in the five, like through the five senses. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we, we had this conversation around, um, I just know it when I feel it, or I know it when I see yeah. it. And so I'm one, yeah. And I'm wondering like, how are the different ways? I mean, you've talked about welcoming people into the space, giving mm-hmm. them stuff, showing them stuff. Like mm-hmm. what are other ways verbal or otherwise that you see your, school communicating that sense of belonging. I'm just really curious. I think it's that nobody it sits in t- alone unless they choose it. Hmm. Um, everybody um, is welcomed into a group with someone else. That's something we talk about a lot. You have to put your body near a group of people. You have to hmm. make a space in your circle for somebody else. You need to even make sure that your shoulders are always pointed in the direction that they're open so that somebody else knows because we use our bodies like doors. If we're in a circle having a conversation, our shoulder needs to our shoulders need to be pointed so that there's space for others to join. If we close off and turn in, that looks like a closed group. So we're very intentional with the kids about that, that we always make space for more. Now, that being said, sometimes somebody just wants to read a book under a tree and that's okay too. Yeah. But they can always, um, th- there's a place for them mm-hmm. to be. Nobody yeah. needs to be alone. Mm-hmm. I love that. That reminds me, Brianne, of our conversation with Lisa. Um, she was talking about the Buddy Bench. Have you read that book? Oh, Katie? yes. The Buddy Bench. I know about Buddy Benches. What did Lisa say? Because I didn't hear that specific So, podcast. So Lisa, Lisa, she's an early childhood ed, um, researcher, mm-hmm. educator. She owns a preschool. And she and her um, teacher, faculty, and students created a bench in their playground Mm -hmm. and they colored it rainbow colors. And they just talked about how, if you are feeling like you need a connection, a touch point, someone to talk to, you feel left out to go sit on the bench. And that's a sort of, if you, if you aren't able to verbalize what you need, it's a way to share what you need. So I just thought that using the body. Yes. With preschoolers and even up through second grade, I love buddy benches. I think they're awesome. And at that developmental phase, I think that they are exactly what kids need because in that pre-K through two, everybody's a helper. Mm -hmm. Everybody's really scanning to find people that need a space to join. I don't have super popular opinions about buddy benches after second grade though. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Can you, can you say more? I'd really love to hear it. 
Yeah. I think that they can be really kind of socially dangerous in a typical school oh, um, because it, in third grade and into fourth grade, social, um, the social landscape completely changes for most kids. So it goes from inclusivity to sort of um, power. So who is, and you'll start to hear kids use the word popular for the first time, mm -hmm. like who has more popularity or social power in a classroom. And I think that the kids who are more likely to use the buddy bench are incredibly trusting kids. They are kids who believe their teachers when the teachers say, all of the friends come sit on the rug. They're like taking it legit. Like, mm -hmm. oh, all my friends, these people are all my friends but they're not, they're your classmates. Mm. And that starts to become a pretty clear, um, nuanced social mm -hmm. issue in third yeah. and fourth grade. So I worry about the kids who are trusting and vulnerable and putting themselves on the buddy bunch at recess in front of a hundred same age peers. Mm. I've heard, um, I overhear kids all the time, yeah. like in, I, in the world, I just love to listen to kids whenever mm -hmm. I'm out in the world. And I've heard kids say that's the loser bench. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I've had mm -hmm. kids tell me people said that, um, it, it, it's a little vulnerable, but I know that that sometimes I say that and I see people's faces like actually get like really grumpy at me. <laughs> so, um, now at least if they're listening to it, I don't have to see their faces. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have grumpy faces on. We We're don't like, have. Wow, yeah, yeah, no, you guys have totally yeah. like listening neutral faces. Yeah, but well, um, I, th well, I mean, I think it's it, a tricky thing. Yeah, and I think what you're for me, what you're underscoring is that you know, and I know you both know this as educators, like it's not a one size fits, fits all proposition, whether it's a developmental reason, a neurodiversity, re whatever the reason, mm -hmm. we just have to be really mindful of where we put these strategies and checking in. And I just, I appreciate the perspective that you're sharing. So. Yeah. We just have to think about it. Like if we see a kid using it a lot at when they're anytime at any age, yeah. they need a little support. Um, and that goes also for kids who are really separating themselves out on the playground. I remember this one girl I worked with years and years ago. Um, she, her parents called me to help her with social skills. And sometimes at that point, when I would go to their houses, I could kind of, um, it's all, like, I didn't want to say I could tell like immediately what they needed for help, but it was pretty, um, clear, but this kid, I was like, I really can't figure it out. And I was talking to her more and more and she's sound, you know, a lot, like all systems are go. Um, and she said that nobody ever plays with me on the playground. And I said, okay, so can you imagine, can you kind of tell me what I would see if I was like a creepy person looking at the playground? Not that you should ever let those people in. And she's like, right. So you would see me sitting under the farthest away tree looking completely sad. Mm. And I was like, hmm. Okay. And I was, I thought about it for a second. I said, so were you, are you trying to use your logic? Like if you look sad, then logically kind people would come over and connect with you and, and help you belong. And she's like, yes, exactly. That's exactly it. And this was a super bright kid. I said, oh, whoops. Okay. People, it's not that they're not kind. It's that they try to avoid sadness like the plague and kids are no different. So if we see a whole lot of sad that we're not like already connected to, we're going to put distance there. So that strategy is actually working backwards. Mm. And I told her to put her body near a group and not say, can I play? Okay. Cause that sometimes isn't exclusive after second grade too. I think we teach kids that in little years to say, can I play? May I play? Once we get into third, fourth grade, it's what are we playing? Mm -hmm. Let's play, oh, put yourself in it. You already belong. Okay. 
Um, so I try to help them with that. And also like reading the social power structure too. There are a lot of clickiness and, and um, sometimes if you're looking for a friend, you don't want to go to the kids that are working as hard as they can to exclude others. Yeah. Let's go to the kids that are more open. Yeah. Because they, they are people who want to include and want to find a place where you belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. So good. All this language, right? I'm writing it all down. Yeah. <laughs> so Our next question is about belonging to self. And I wanted to circle back to something that you answered before when Carrie asked you. So you had said um, you belong to an experience. You talked about ownership and you said you're secure enough in your space and with your people. You're referring to when your school was open to others, I think. Mm -hmm. I wanted to just focus more on that secure in your space piece. So Mm -hmm. I think it was the context was the school building and your people, but I feel like it's also a little bit bigger. So Mm -hmm. when we think about feeling secure in your space, maybe secure in yourself. Mm -hmm. What is the connection there? Like, what's your perspective on belonging to self? That's one of those college professor questions. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I think I can even take that big sigh and kind of answer it from my own perspective, right? Right. Which is what we're trying to do. Right when we got on this Zoom before you hit record, what did I say? You two are college professors and I'm feeling nervous, right? (laughs) Yes. But I think that, and that's like a little bit of like an irony thing because I was putting myself on the outside right away. Like, oh, you guys have the fancy words and I have the not fancy words. Right. And because it's just how we are, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can have all of the confidence in some certain spaces and have the kindest people we're talking to and still feel like not enough. But I think it's about checking in with ourselves and knowing that even if we are a little bit different in the language we use, in our background, whatever, take your pick. There's a million ways to be different. It's knowing that you're already you're already okay with yourself. Mm-hmm. You already like yourself enough yeah. on that day mm. <laughs> to, um, to be able to fit in. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Is that, is that like a, see, now I'm all like getting in my head. <laughs> yeah. It's it, yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to be in your head to be thinking about it, but I, I don't get in your head in a bad way. Cause I think yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I love that you first talked about all the variables because that's super important and it's totally in line with your work and everybody's, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the Accord School is really good about identifying and celebrating those differences, but, you know, we're all, we're all different, right? But to be Mm -hmm. okay with yourself, to like yourself enough to realize that you're going to have moments when you feel mm, a little ill at ease, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you're focusing on those differences that seem really important. And then if you, Katie, can be like, and also I have all this experience that, you know, right. Super right. Well. So like sit in that space. Right. I think that when I get shaky like that, it's because I'm looking outside instead of inside. Mm. Yes. And that is um, definitely something that I talk to my own kids about and my students too, is that we really do have everything we need inside mm-hmm. to be brave or to be okay, or to just take up space. Yeah. We really do. Um, it's just sometimes our, we're a little outward focused and it can be an uncomfortable moment, but we still have what we need inside to get through an uncomfortable moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. you know, as well as I do, Katie, that Brene Brown talks a lot about 
comparison and how that's just like mm-hmm. a crusher, right? And it's the sort worst of ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whether you're using language around external versus internal or that um, automatic comparison, that just is a crusher. And and just for the record, um, you know, we invited you on this podcast because we know you have a wealth of knowledge and experience that neither of us has. And we want to bring that into this space so we can all learn from each other. So just for the record. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't, it, isn't it so crazy, though, the tangles yeah. we get ourselves into? Yeah, absolutely. Because, oh, yeah. Like, it's so crazy. Like there are times that I'm like, so solid. I'm like, I'm 45 years old. I like me, right? Like I could wear an, I like me t-shirt most days, but then there's still things that I'm like, Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But that's just being a human in the world. It is. It yeah, really that's is. What I was gonna say. It yeah. really mm-hmm. is. I think it's funny. Cause I think I I'm actually glad that this happened because I do think that it links. I mean, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but I think modeling, <laughs> modeling that this happens, no matter how old mm-hmm. you are, no matter how mm-hmm. many degrees you have, or how much experience you have. I mean, I, I work with Brandon and I work with a lot of graduate students who like me, when I was a graduate student, somehow believed that when you got that degree, you were like, oh, I'm done. No. I know it. And the reality mm-hmm. is you have way more questions than you have answers at all stages of your life. And there are going to be times when you have that that sense of not feeling like you fit in in some sort of way. So it's just being a human being, like you said. Forever. Yes. Forever. 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 It doesn't, and- doesn't go away. No. And I think it, it helps me become a better social skills teacher too, mm. yeah. yeah. because I really I, like, I get it. And I don't try to, um, I've learned to not try to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. We just have really wobbly, awkward, doofy moments. Absolutely. And if we can enjoy ourselves through them, I think everybody else also gets a little bit more comfortable and that we bounce that stuff off each other. Yeah. When I we agree. can enjoy our own doofy moments, everybody else feels a little safer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you're when you're first of all reflective enough to realize that you're having these moments, right? And like mm-hmm. what that really is. Like, why am I feeling eh right now? Because mm-hmm. XYZ. So there's that piece, there's that reflection. And then the vulnerability of sharing that with your students mm-hmm. or with us or with whoever to say, mm-hmm. like, oh, I hate that. I've had moments like that too. Just the other day yeah. I was having this conversation with people, you know? And yeah. then yeah. everybody's human. So yeah. I don't right. I just think that's actually a wonderful thing. Yeah. That's I feel me- a little sad. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Carrie. No, I was just going to say to me, that's the change that happens in somebody, yeah. right? That's the difference mm-hmm. I see in people who have been able to do their work around things mm-hmm. like belonging, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. can say, I'm sensing that something's off. Yeah. So let's talk about it instead of just trying to like, I mean, I used to blush my way through it. I was so, I'd be so nervous and so uptight and just be like, hurry up and get through it. <laughs> but then yeah. you just like take that pause and stay in the moment. And you're also modeling for whomever's in the room that it's okay to just be who you are. So. Yeah. I, I feel sad when I see people, even my age, you know, older, younger, like just like parent age. Yeah. Who just mm. still seems so, so shaky and uncomfortable yeah. with themselves or with their, with the people around them. And I see that sometimes when people will um, recognize that their child needs maybe a social group. Mm-hmm. And I forget because this is just my day in day out life. Like yeah. we're all just a little messy, it, you know, but we also know it and it's okay. Yeah. And I forget that sometimes making that call or meeting with somebody like me just to talk about their child can be really hard. Yeah. Um. But every once in a while, and most of the parents that I meet with are just, they just love the heck out of their kids and they mm-hmm. enjoy them too. And they just want life to be a little bit more fun or easy for them. Everybody just wants their kids to have friends, but every now and then 
And it's usually a sign that I know I'm not going to be able to help them or their child is like when they think that there's something wrong with their kid mm-hmm. or that they're embarrassed by their stu- their kid um, or that they just like, they like almost want me to like fix them. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand that, you know, cause they're not broken. Yeah. They're, um, they're just a little bit more honest <laughs> yeah. with, with their feelings <laughs> or their mess or, um, but I just, I just wish that everybody could just enjoy their kids exactly yeah. who they are and not feel like they have to clean them up yeah. for who, for who, like who cares? That's when the parents need yeah. to be at the accord school, not the kids maybe to learn. Right. Lessons, right? I know. So, uh, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. You've, you've shared a lot of um, strategies with us already just through your discussion of some other questions. And I've written down a ton of things, which is what I appreciate. So thank you for that. I am curious though, um, cause you mentioned, we talked a little bit about belonging to self and you even started the mm-hmm. pod when you described belonging, you said, even me. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm wondering what have you learned? What have your kids taught you, your students mm-hmm. about belonging? Oh, I, it's going to sound like the biggest cliche ever, but I, my kids are my biggest teachers. Mm-hmm. I think that they teach me all the time mm-hmm. about uh, belonging and everything else. Yeah. keeping, keeping it humble, keeping it real, all of the things. Yeah. Um, but the way I said before about being glad someone's there, I think that they teach mm-hmm. me that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was away and I, I'm not out of school very often, but I was away for two days last year. Um, and when I came back, it, this boy, I, cause I knew his handwriting had just taken like a Mr. Sketch marker and wrote, welcome back, Katie, and like taped it with the wrong kind of tape to the back door, you know? And I was like, well, that's going to stick. But then I was like, wow, <laughs> that made me feel really good. Yeah. And I came in and one of the kids was like jumping up and down. And I said, like, what is so awesome? Like what happened here? Like, I'm, I'm like five minutes late, but what did I miss? And the other boy said, he's excited to see you. And it just, it made me feel like, wow, guys, thanks. I matter because like, you know, on any, on any good day, I'm the grumpiest one in the room, you know, I'm the bossiest one in the room, but, but I matter there too. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something they've taught me is just like unconditional happiness to see each other. Even if you know, the next thing out of my mouth is why did you use the duct tape on the door? Uh, I feel your pain with the tape on the door. I feel your pain. Like, if I, that if, was if just our painted. kids put one more piece of tape yeah. on one more door or wall. <laughs> oh kids, this is why we can't have nice things. Oh my it's true. <laughs> you know? uh, we need to have another episode. The things we say to our kids, right? Yes, all the things. Oh and my they goodness, still are welcoming me back every day. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. 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 Well, I knew coming into this, I don't know if Brianne knew that this was going to be full of information, learning, and a whole hell of a lot of laughter. And you (laughs) never disappoint, Katie Boucher. Um, Brianne, do you have anything you want to ask before we, we sign off? Well, I just have to share with our audience what we talked about before we hit record, which was I knew this was going to be fun because we had to reschedule this day because something came up. Yes, and I didn't important. know Katie. I knew nothing about Katie except yeah. that she wrote an email talking mm-hmm. about her excitement around the Wienermobile coming to her. Absolutely. School. 
Yeah, so that happened. I just last wanted to week. give you a chance to talk about that. Um, it was the best day of my life. And like I like when I said that to my own children, they were like offended. And I was like, you know what? I had two of you. Okay. There was only one day that the Wiener Mobile came to my school. And it was today. Um, and it happened to be the day that we were going to be recording, but then when we had to reschedule, I was so happy because legit I could not concentrate. We didn't our school nurse had a connection to the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile, and they're not really supposed to come to schools, but because we are us, we have a way of making awesome things happen. So they were um, scheduled to come, but I was like so nervous. I felt like a kid on Christmas Eve, like not actually sure if I was good enough that Santa was going to come because I still didn't know right until the last second. And then of course, like, right, they were supposed to come at 2.30 and then at like 2.26, two of the kids had an argument and I was like, listen, there are a lot of days that I'm going to try to help you and really unpack your feelings. But right now, I'm just ask you to put those feelings away because something good might be happening. <laughs> and at that moment, the Wienermobile pulled up and I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if our kids were going to get it. I wasn't sure because sometimes there's a, like a generation thing going on. Yeah. But when they responded with extreme joy, I was like, yes, we are doing something right. It was awesome. I mean, I dismissed my own children an, a little bit early from high school. My son was like, I don't think that's excused. I was like, who are you telling? I said appointment. I didn't say with who. Okay, I didn't say appointment with Wienermobile. Why are you sharing that much information? That's private business, you know? So they came, we got a Christmas card pick. And then the best part of it all was that after we dismissed the kids, which was not one of my tightest dismissals, like I was like, hope everyone got home safely. Um, they, the Wienermobile hot doggers, they invited us on and we joy rode all over the South shore. And if you want to learn a lot about humanity, spend four hours in the Wienermobile because yes. like from the outside <laughs> or the inside, looking out of the giant hot dog on wheels, I got to see a lot of people like just super excited, super joyful. I still am sorry to the guy in Duxbury who we rode up right behind on his bike and he turned around and had a big surprise that it was the hot dog. Um, <laughs> But then I also noticed how many people were looking at their phones and missed the Wienermobile riding by. Just missed it. Had no idea. And I thought to myself, how many times have I missed such great mm. things? So I'm going to have to take my head out of my phone. That's so yeah, amazing. Brianne, I'm really glad you gave me a chance to talk about the best I know, day of my I life. I too. Thank I am you. too, Brianne. That was, <laughs> yeah. so I have to say, well, I've never met anyone who was so joyful about the Wienermobile. And I didn't know that joy road was a, was a word. So now I've just uh, written the past tense. The past tense of joy ride is joy road. It was a joy road and it happened. And um, I really wish I wore my Oscar Meyer hat that they gave us. Cause mm. I feel like I would have, you know, looked more serious on this podcast if I had been wearing that. It's all good. It's mm, all, all yeah. good. We got it. I mean, you're exuding it. So absolutely we're feeling really it special. Out. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, I think that is the place to conclude this amazing conversation is with a picture in my mind of you riding mm. around the South shore of Massachusetts in the Wienermobile. It just can't top that, can't top mm -mm. that for a Friday afternoon. Mm -mm. So nope. I will say once again, Katie Boucher, it was an absolute pleasure grateful for all that you brought to this conversation today, Brianne. It's always a pleasure and everybody listening the lesson for today is get your eyes out of your phone because you never know when the Wienermobile is going to drive by and you just don't want to miss it. So miss it. Yep. all right, everybody, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great day and be well. This is Tell Me This. So sincere under the glaciers.
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.